Delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios. Each one-ounce serving of wonderful pistachios has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value and making wonderful pistachios one of the highest protein nuts. But perhaps more than that, I love all of the flavors they have. Their sea salt and vinegar ones are my favorite when I'm craving that flavor but want to keep it healthy. But that's just the tip of the iceberg. Wonderful pistachios come in a variety of flavors, like chili roasted, honey roasted, smoky barbecue, and jalapeno lime, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. Whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. So fill up with a healthy snack when hunger strikes. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. That's wonderfulpistachios.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Optimal Health Daily, episode 528, Sugar, by Becca Shearn of minimalwellness.com. And I'm your host and narrator, Dr. Neil Malik. Happy Wednesday. Welcome back to Optimal Health Daily, where I read to you from popular health and fitness blogs to help you optimize your health. Today's author is Becca, a registered dietitian, and you can find her on Instagram at minimalwellness. You can also find us on there, of course. We have pictures of us hosts, some quotes, and we do book giveaways there. So if you're searching for us on Instagram, you can find us at Old Podcast. All right, it's the middle of the week, so how about some inspiration to get you over that middle of the week hump? Quote, Destiny is not a matter of chance. It is a matter of choice. It is not a thing to be waited for. It is a thing to be achieved. William Jennings Bryan. And now that we're in our positive state of mind, let's get to today's post and start optimizing your life. Sugar by Becca Shearn of minimalwellness.com. The modern food system, and therefore modern eaters, have a dysfunctional and unhealthy relationship with sugar. It's one of the most addictive substances, up to eight times more addictive than cocaine, that humans regularly consume, and added sugar is in nearly every processed food product made. High sugar intake is linked to obesity, metabolic syndrome, type 2 diabetes, high cholesterol, heart disease, fatty liver disease, cancer, dental caries, systemic inflammation, and many other disease states. When we consume too much sugar too frequently, it causes our brain to release an overabundance of dopamine into the reward system. Continued increases in frequency and intensity of reward center stimulation lead to addictive behaviors. We want the pleasurable feeling from elevated dopamine to continue, so we seek out more and more sugar. The addictive qualities of sugar don't affect everyone equally. For those with a tendency towards addiction, it's particularly powerful. Everyone knows that cigarettes, alcohol, and illicit drugs can be addictive, but few people realize that the high amounts of sugar many of us consume on a daily basis can be even more harmful. Consider the following signs of sugar addiction. Uncontrollable sugar cravings, binges, withdrawal, constantly feeling hungry, 
irritability, and low energy. How many of those signs have you experienced? What is perhaps most frightening, especially from a public health perspective, is how hooked our children are on sugar. No sane person would give a child a cigarette, yet we think it's fine to give them a soda or a popsicle, cereal, or these quote-unquote fruit snacks. In isolation, a can of soda or even a cigarette won't do much damage. What matters is the dose, and we are dosing ourselves all day, every day, with sugar. In addition to the effects of sugar on the brain, sugar has wide-reaching effects on the rest of the body. When we consume sugar, it is quickly absorbed into our bloodstream as blood glucose. In response to increasing blood glucose levels, your pancreas releases a hormone called insulin. Insulin has many roles in the body, but the primary one is to signal glucose uptake by the cells for energy production or a storage for fat. When large amounts of sugar are consumed, our blood glucose rises rapidly, triggering a large release of insulin, which works to bring our blood glucose levels back down, in part by triggering fat production. The large increase in blood sugar is a signal to your body that you consume too much energy and therefore need to store that energy as fat. As insulin works to bring our blood glucose down, blood glucose levels frequently dip to lower than normal, leaving us feeling lethargic and craving another sugar kick. Do we really consume that much sugar though? Absolutely. The average American takes in 23 teaspoons, which is 92 grams or about 368 calories of added sugar every day. The 2015 Dietary Guidelines for Americans finally gives a specific recommendation for added sugar. The U.S. government now recommends that the calories from added sugar not exceed 10% of total daily calories. So for a 2,000-calorie diet, that's 200 calories or about 50 grams of added sugar, or about half of our current intake. However, many health practitioners in the American Heart Association recommend substantially lowering sugar intakes than those of the dietary guidelines. The American Heart Association recommends that the daily added sugar limit should be no more than half a person's discretionary calorie intake, which means about 100 calories per day for women and 150 calories per day for men, or about 25 grams and 40 grams respectively. Although I don't track my sugar intake, nor do I count calories or macronutrients, I do pay very close attention to limiting the amount of added sugar in my diet. A mental tally of my average day puts me between 20 and 30 grams, and that's with a lot of effort and consciousness to limit sugar. Well, why are the government's recommendations so much higher than those by the American Heart Association? Lobbying by the food industry. Why does our food supply have so much dang sugar? Thank the food industry again. In the last 50 years, we moved away from in-home preparation of meals and towards a reliance on industrially processed foods for meals, snacks, and beverages. Mass production and processing of food generally works best, and food companies profit most, when they utilize economies of scale. Unlike our agricultural history of the past, most of our farms now produce a small number of commodities, corn, soy, and wheat. The production of these three crops, and a small handful of others, are heavily subsidized by the U.S. government, where they get about $20 billion annually, leading to artificially cheap corn, soy, and wheat. The food companies use these cheap and abundant crops as either animal feed for meat or dairy production, or they turn them into the vast majority of shelf-stable foods and beverages in our grocery stores. We are bombarded with soda, candy, granola bars, cereal, bread, and crackers, all foods that contain added sugar, in part because there's enormous financial incentives to do so. 
They're exceptionally cheap to produce. Also, because we're biologically programmed to like sweetness and because sugar is addictive, by lacing every processed food product with sugar, these companies help ensure you will continue buying more and more of their products. What we are left with is a food supply that makes the junk cheap while making nutritious foods think fresh organic produce, pasture-raised animals, wild fish, legumes, and beans seem expensive in comparison. One of the ways I found minimalism is helpful is that it cultivates a skepticism of marketing and social norms, and it encourages exploration of our personal motivations for consumption. Where food is concerned, understanding corporate control of the food system and a little human biology, psychology, and sociology make it easier to consciously begin making alternative choices. I'm sure that an iced blended coffee drink tastes delicious on a hot summer day. It should for the 50 plus grams of sugar and copious amounts of caffeine it contains. But I find the marketing and social pressure to consume quote-unquote foods that are clearly engineered to turn me into a sugar-hooked customer rather than a healthy autonomous person distasteful. You just listened to the post titled Sugar by Becca Schoen of minimalwellness.com. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it filters out incompatible applicants. So when you're hiring, the process is much faster and you only have to consider applicants that are already likely to be a great fit. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash health. Just go to indeed.com slash health right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash health. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. In his book, The Omnivore's Dilemma, author Michael Pollan makes a very strong case that what we are made of is mostly corn at this point. He would agree with Becca's perspective that because the government is paying farmers or subsidizing them to produce corn, it's basically a really cheap food. And so as a result, it's being used for a number of different things, like feeding animals, as she mentioned, as well as producing, believe it or not, ethanol as a fuel source and high fructose corn syrup which of course is an added sugar that's used to help stabilize and sweeten many of the products that we purchase. And so Michael Pollan argues that, well, if we're feeding corn to the animals, which we then eat, and we're consuming lots of sodas and processed foods, which also contain corn, we are essentially now becoming just corn eaters. It is unfortunate because this problem is more widespread than you might think. Why do large soda companies offer scholarships to high school students? Why do large fast food companies do the same? 
If these topics really interest you, if you want to know more about this, I highly recommend Michael Pollan's The Omnivore's Dilemma and also Food Politics by Marion Nessel. Both of those books go into way more detail about this stuff. I promise you'll find them eye-opening. But there's something else that was really key that Becca mentioned. We're not talking about necessarily total sugars in the diet. What often happens is people will start getting scared when they hear or read articles like this. They'll say, well, I should avoid sugar. I need to cut fruit out of my diet. Not necessarily. What we're finding is added sugars. That seems to be the problem. The good news about this is that the Food and Drug Administration here in the US or the FDA is going to force companies to indicate how many added sugars there are in some of these processed foods. Because added sugar is really the problem. The natural sugars we find in whole foods like fruit or in dairy products, remember dairy products have lactose, which is a natural sugar, those aren't the big deal. That's not the problem. The problem is is when we add extra sugar on top, like high fructose corn syrup, or some of those other fancy names that you'll see on the label. If it ends in an O-S-E, it's a type of sugar. Sucrose, maltose, dextrose, you get the idea. And so as Becca mentioned, she doesn't really count how many added sugars she gets each day. She doesn't even count calories. I'm kind of the same way. But here's a trick. One of the easiest things you can do is before you purchase something, look at the label. If you see a lot of ingredients, first of all, that's probably a sign it's got a bunch of preservatives and additives, probably added sugar, that you probably don't need. The next thing is to look carefully and see how many words end in O-S-E. If there's a lot of them, that product probably has a lot of added sugar companies won't be forced to use this new label probably for at least another three years. But in the meantime, again, look at that ingredients list. For now, that's your best clue to how many added sugars there might be. All right, really quickly, if you're on Instagram, come follow us at Old Podcast. We do book giveaways there. We share pictures showing where you're listening from. We post quotes from the contributing authors and lots more. Again, you can follow us at oldpodcast.com. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday. Thank you as always for listening. I'll be back here tomorrow with a post from regular contributor, JC Dean, and where your optimal life awaits. Hello, Life Optimizer. This is Justin Mollick, creator and producer of this show and Optimal Living Daily, the brother podcast of this one. Literally, I'm Dr. Neil's brother. If you like the format of this show, you'll love Optimal Living Daily too, where I also read to you from blogs, but cover other topics like personal development, finance, and minimalism, from bloggers like Derek Sivers, The Minimalists, Zen Habits, and many more. So for more amazing content read to you for free, come subscribe to Optimal Living Daily too, and together we'll optimize your life. You've been listening to Optimal Health Daily. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on each new episode and head to oldpodcast.com That's oldpodcast.com for a free gift, as well as more actionable tips and resources to help you maximize your potential. Thanks for joining us, and remember, your optimal life awaits.